welcome again to the Drake Center. Here we are again. And uh, so excited to be back on this, sharing our, our journey and, and our insights. So uh, as I said, I thought today that we would share some questions that we've gotten about um, our work. Yeah. And uh, so there we go. Yeah. Um, well, welcome, everyone. Um, I am excited to be back and talking. We've had a couple patients on, on our last few episodes, and um, today we decided to take some questions, um, and we put that out there into the community and asked some family and friends, in fact, um, their general questions about ketamine and our process and really um, the healing aspects of, of all of it, of the therapies, of everything all involved with ketamine, um, and at least how we do it at the Drake Center. And so one of our first questions I would love to ask Dr. Drake here, and exactly what is ketamine-assisted therapy? That's a great question. Because <laughs> uh, we get that question quite a bit. So, What exactly is ketamine-assisted therapy? Is so ketamine uh, uh, is a synthetic derivative of, uh, of PCP that's used as an anesthetic. It was originally developed at Wayne State in the 50s. Um, and has had a multi-decade use as a very safe uh, anesthetic worldwide. Uh, when I was an ER doc for 20 years, uh, it was my go-to sedative for kids. It's, it's that safe. Over the last 15 or 20 years or so, there's been a renaissance in investigating the use of psychedelics in their ability to heal uh, and to uh, treat mental illness, treat chronic pain, amongst other things. Um, and ketamine uh, was dusted off, and its psychedelic properties found to be very useful uh, in the treatment of uh, depression. Uh, we use ketamine in, in our process at the Drake Center as part of a guided process uh, of healing that begins with uh, an intake where we get to background information on a patient and, and, and find out why they're here, what they're trying to heal, what's going on with them. Um, we then give them preparation uh, to get them ready to get ketamine, uh, describing to them what they can expect in the journey and, and how best they can use that to support them. Um, then they come to our, 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 our office and uh, they have their ketamine treatment in our office. Uh, Jacqueline and I are, are, are there uh, with them. We have a wonderful supportive space uh, that supports the entire journey. Um, and enhances the whole experience. Our patients are never alone, um, and they receive um, all the support and guidance that they need during their journeys. Um, after they uh, have their uh, treatment, we follow that up with what's called integration. Um, people have very powerful experiences when under the influence of ketamine, and, and understanding those can be challenging. So in our integration process, we support people in understanding what did that mean? Um, and, and how do I begin to make that a part of my life long term? Uh, and this supports uh, ongoing uh, healing and, and transformation for many patients. We find that uh, the ability of psychedelics like ketamine to reach root issues for people um, and to open doors to transformative healing um, to be the most powerful work that, that we've done. Do you agree? I would. I 100% agree. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, and part of that uh, that process of that support um, that that we provide is many patients have never had a psychedelic experience before. 
Um, and so they come to us going, well, what's that going to be like? Mm -hmm. Or they've heard things about something that might happen and what's this yeah. experience going to be? And they may have some some anxiety about it. So yeah. how do we deal with patients who mm. have a lot of anxiety about right. a psychedelic experience right. and, 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 do with that? and interesting enough, a lot of our patients come to us for anxiety. So by the time they do get to um, the chair, you know, there might be some nervousness, but we at our center, at least we know there's a lot to do with set and setting. Um, the other part to it is by the time they get into the actual chair for the treatment, the patient has actually spent a lot of time with us at that point. Um, we've we've done, like he had said, we do an intake, pretty thorough intake, medical history, family history, all of that, um, psych history, of course. And between all that and then there is the intake and, of course, the prep, patients are usually pretty ready by the time they get into the chair. Um, but, you know, if there's uh, many centering exercises that I do with the patient before we even get to that point anyways. And so they have a lot of tools even by that point. So by the time most of our patients get in the chair, they're pretty ready. And they're pretty excited for um, the possibilities of healing in this way because it is pretty interesting. There is something I do want to ask, another question that we get a lot. And, and it's partly, it's almost the elephant in the room I want to talk about, but is the stigma around it. Um, there is a lot of stigma around ketamine, and obviously with the past in the 70s and 60s of whatever, everybody, we get calls all the time of people saying, I'm going to get stuck in the K-hole, what is that? And you have to understand this is done medically, first of all, this is completely a different aspect of that, but there is a lot of stigma around it, and I think you could probably address some of that if you could. Sure, there uh, a lot of people will will respond to when you say you know you're you're doing ketamine treatment, and they'll say, "Wasn't that a drug? You know, or is that that's a party drug?" Um, and yes and no. Uh, ketamine was originally developed as an anesthetic, but as many medications, uh, uh, it can be used for other things, and there are people who do in fact abuse it. And it is a party drug, and that's an important thing to, to recognize. In addition to that, it has profound benefits for, for healing and transformation when used within the boundaries uh, of a guided process whose intention is we are using this to open a door into yourself for you to discover things about yourself that will change you forever. It's not meant to be something that you're using all the time or or that you need to support you in life it's a catalyst for change it's a profoundly powerful catalyst for change and when used in that way within those appropriate boundaries it's safe it's very safe uh, in the hands of trained and experienced guides uh, who've been there themselves um, who've uh, guided many people through this, and in, in, in our practice, we've uh, we've treated over a hundred patients, uh, well over six hundred treatments, and, and and well over a thousand uh, integration sessions. Um, uh, so we have a profound body of knowledge in this, and that uh, supports that maintaining the intention and the truth of what we're doing. 
So it's very safe. You know, there's unfortunate that it has that stigma. Mental health in general has that stigma. It does. It does um, and, you know, we're, we're with, with our patients, we're trying to, you know, one of the first things we do from the beginning is we're, we're so glad you're here and you're doing this and you've made this powerful step uh, and, and to begin that process of having, having mercy on, uh, on themselves. Um, so... Uh, you know, so yeah, it's Absolutely. it's very safe. We wish it didn't have that stigma, but yeah. it 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 uh, we find that that's not what's happening in what we're doing. Right. Um, in addition to our, our use of ketamine in in our clinic um, as part of our integration process, we use some other techniques um, like creative work and, and virtual reality. Um, and so, how what are we using? Uh, tell us about virtual reality. Mm. How does that, how do you use that in the ketamine treatment? Mm. We use um, virtual reality, and some of you may know it's the, the headset that we put on. Um, Oculus actually makes one now. Um, there's, there's other devices out there for, but it's really about the immersive qualities of the VR and why we use it. Um, it has a way of being able to get somebody really present in the moment. And I find that when we put this um, in, when we, the other thing too is some of these apps now that we can use with it, you can curate, right? So you can curate to whatever the patient needs. So a lot of these apps are all for mental health. A lot of them are meant to, uh, meditation and mindfulness apps. Um, when I say apps, they're actually programs. Um, but when you actually put someone inside of a meditation, that is a different thing than me guiding them. So there's some days that I may, you know, do the meditation and set the intention with the patient before they have their experience. Or there are some days I actually put them inside of a meditation. And that has a world of difference on just everything. <laughs> it becomes an incredible experience even before they have their experience. Now, do they have the VR headset on while they get the ketamine? No, that is not how we use it at all. Um, I also use a lot of the virtual reality headsets for creativity and also for lifestyle for uh it's a it's an incredible device itself like i i don't really care who owns it and whatever but it's the technology of it um, there's a lot of connection for me with patients in it we also can create virtually and virtual spaces together and being able to recreate some of the things that patients experience in a in the ketamine experience being able to let's say, dance and play in it is a whole different experience versus just painting it on the canvas. Oh, we do that too. And we also do a lot of other mantra type things to really, really embed um, in their own mindsets really what they experience and to use these tools, to use the insights that they get in these. And so we take all these different modalities of healing and tools and technology and even mindfulness and meditation practices because you know, bringing, being able to bring somebody present into their mindset is, to me, the, the most incredible thing. And ketamine has a way to do that as well. It really makes things kind of make sense of your present and really what's real in this moment. And as much as there's some stigma even around VR even, right? So the stigma around VR is that it's an escapist and all this other things, right? Um, and that is exactly the opposite of really what the technology of it can do. And it's just getting better and better every day. Um, I happen to do a lot of work with it. And um, 
have had my own success, as you know, working out with it. Um, there was a point in my life where I decided I needed to use the technology for my own wellness, uh, mental wellness, and uh, it turned into a lot of physical wellness along that as well. Um, but yeah, it's incredible for creativity and mindset, using different things. So, and I have um, some more questions for you that we have here. Um, one question we do get a lot is, you know, a lot of our patients come to us, are being referred to us, and um, and there they may have uh, other medications they're on. And how does that interact? And you know, is this does it? Do they have to have referrals for this? Is you know, is it a patient um, doctor referral or? Mm-hmm. And how does that work with their other medications? Sure. So. Um uh, in general, you don't need a uh, referral to come see us. We, we take uh, anyone as part of our intake process. We do a thorough evaluation to make sure that it's appropriate for you. Um, and part of that intake process is covering your medications. There are some medications uh, that are incompatible with ketamine. Um, and we would go over that within the intake process and discuss, can you hold that medication um, uh, is it possible for you to go off of that medication for a short period of time, or we might have you hold it for a day or uh, wean off of it um, uh, in, in advance of that? But those are things that, that we manage. Um, uh, manage uh, medications, side effects during the treatment, um, and all of that support um, that patients need um, for all the aspects of, of their treatment um, from their, their medical background, um, to their, their mental support and, and spiritual and emotional support. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that's, uh, we cover all of that in the intake and the prep and, and uh, are able to uh, support our patients um, through that process. Um, another question we get a lot is, I've studied mindfulness and meditation, and you guys do mindfulness and meditation in your clinic, but that's never really worked for Mm me. Um, So I don't think that's going to work for me. So what's different about your your meditation and mindfulness teaching that you do there? (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, there's a lot, there's a lot to it. Um, <laughs> where do I begin with them? MBSR training. Um, I personally have taught, uh, mindfulness and meditation for many years and have used it to, to use this form of it is to teach the practices of it where people can use it for their anxiety and use it for their depression. And a lot of it has to do with bringing them back into where they go with their ketamine treatment, right? Um, so a lot of it has to do with bringing back that peace, right? So we talk about meditation a little bit differently probably at our center. Um, we use it more in a practical term um, and practical ways. And there's no other way I can explain it other than that. I make it more of a practice for them to use in their daily life. And with uh, MBSR in general, it's, it's really learning and teaching people about their thoughts, right? How does a ketamine treatment enhance someone's experience with mindfulness? Mm. Psychedelics in general um, really kind of make you become present, right? And so it's reinforcing what's really real in this moment and really reinforcing, you know, the past is done. And as much as we want to change that past, we can't. And as much as we get excited about the future and, oh, shoot, we can predict it and have all these thoughts, right, that are going. And, oh, we, you know, we can we can make up lots of stories, right? Um, 
And that's sometimes those thought-producing, future-producing thoughts are really anxiety-producing. And so with meditation and mindfulness practices, it brings us back again into what's really real in this moment. And ketamine has the same exact effects, and that's what we kind of reinforce with that. And it's really been incredible to, to watch people actually use it and to be able to give them mental tools and mindfulness tools to be able to bring them back into the space of what ketamine really can do. And that's part of the reinforcement. Of course, there's <laughs> a million other things that I, I want them to keep practicing to do, um, including creativity. Um, we use, I teach art as a way for, you know, to use it for the process. I love what they make. I love our art. I love the creativity. But it's about the process once again and where the mind actually goes during the creative process is what I'm more interested in because this is a tool that they can always go back to depending on <laughs> what, yeah, it's, it's just incredible. All these different tools to enhance it. I think we had a question about uh, do people get uh, addicted to it? Oh, yeah, we do get that. Um, and we also get, um, besides the addiction, there's also being, um, you know, is it traumatic, you know, what they're going to see and stuff like that. Um, and so maybe you could address some of that too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, many people have the question about ketamine. Um, uh, we had the question, uh, is, is it addictive? Do people get, do people get hooked on it or, 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 uh, or do they, uh, begin to go to other places? Um, and how do you know that they, they are doing it and how do you prevent that? Um, and, and, you know, within, within our process, we do try to keep very strong boundaries around, um, our intention and the purpose um, and, and, and why people are, are, are using it. Um, our intention is not for people to be on ketamine. Um, that's, that's not our, our, our belief that, that, that this is the way that it should be a long-term medication. Um, we believe that it's best used as a short-term uh, experience to get insight into yourself, to build some tools, and to use that moving forward. And in that way, uh, you keep that door uh, to dependence um, closed fairly tightly. Um, as if the, in, if the intention of the treatment is the ketamine is going to fix me, then that door is open to dependence. We view ketamine as a catalyst for change. Um, and it's the patient's own work that changes them. Yeah. It's the patient's willingness to look inside themselves and allow the ketamine to do what it's going to do, to allow the dissociative state that the ketamine produces to open that, that door to transformative change. And it's on the patients to be willing to do that. And the more willing they are to do that work, um, that work of, hmm, I, was, I saw this this way, and now I see this in an entirely different way from, from a view of peace or a view of, of, of tolerance or forgiveness. And when I look at this thing where before I only saw what I was right about, but now I see where I can have peace. Well, now I have a choice. I have a choice to make between how am I going to see this thing. And that choice is a choice that you can make from that point on for the rest of your life. You don't need continued ketamine to be able to still have that perspective. And that's how we operate in a way that 
keeps that road to dependence closed as tightly as possible yeah. because it's about enhancing um, our patients' ability to make that choice and, and reinforcing uh, within them that they have a choice once they've had that experience. Um, and you know, as far as the question of uh, is there anything scary? Will 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 I be you know traumatized? We have many patients who come to us with PTSD who who have had significant past trauma uh, that they're coming to 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 try to get past. Um, and we find that uh, the ketamine treatments have a way of supporting them through that. This is why it's important to have guidance and to be in a place where you have that support because sometimes you do enter a dark place or, or there may be a place inside of you that hasn't fully healed yet and then some light shines on that and things come up. Um, and things come up because they have to be released. Things come up to be released and transformed. And as long as you have a container which we have built around these things, you can be able to go into those tender places with guidance and support and come out in a different place. Um, so, so while sometimes you do encounter something heavy, that's not to be feared. It actually is very often the catalyst to the deepest change. Um, and that's, that's what we found um, within, within, our, within our process. I fully agree. <laughs> So when did you find that, uh, we had another question of, when would I notice a change mm. in myself? Uh, and I think I, that's, um, that's a great question, actually. And I think I can answer that because I've seen it with you. Um, and that's, um, uh, it, you know, it's interesting. It's, it, ketamine changes your perspective, right, on certain things. So it comes out and it kind of expresses itself in ways, in subtle ways at first. Um, at least what I've noticed mm -hmm. um, with everyone. Um, and we've done many now. Uh, but, you know, I really noticed it when you did your treatments, to be honest. And it was in the subtle changes. It was in the responses. It was in your normal habitual things that people that you live with and your spouses or whatever would notice, right? So, um, and it was basically him having different reactions to things, maybe. And so what I would see is like, wow, he didn't react the same way that he normally would, or well, he's a little more patient with that, or he's a little more calmer with that. or, And so that that's kind of how I saw it. Um, but people, what we see every day is night and day. I mean, when people wake up um, from their treatments, they have, it's, uh, energy, I mean, there's so many different ways I can talk about it. Um, what we see spiritually, energetically, even behaviorally, people's change. Um, and it's all because of their, they, they find it within themselves to make these changes. And that's the beautiful part of it. But on the outside, um, during the treatment, you know, our patients look like they're sleeping. They have an eye mask on, they look like they're sleeping. But inwardly, they're going on an incredible journey within themselves uh, to find a deeper peace, to find whatever it is that's driving their either anxiety or their past depression or whatever it may be. And they get a different perspective on that. And when you get a different perspective on that, everything changes. Everything changes in all the different areas of your life. So, and I can honestly say it's all different areas of people's lives. Um, yeah. And yeah, 
So let me see. Then we have other. How does this compare to other psychedelics? We get that a question a lot oh, yeah. because of there's a lot of a lot of awareness now what yeah. psychedelics can do. And so there's a few psychedelics we, out yeah. there. <laughs> um, you know, ketamine is only one of them. So you know, there's uh, the classic psychedelics, psilocybin, um, MDMA, uh, which may very well be FDA approved here uh, uh, next year for for. Uh, psychedelic therapy. Um, there's also ayahuasca, uh, DMT, ibogaine. There are multiple psychedelic compounds. They're all subtly different, and they're all very much the same. Um, you know, the main differences between them are the duration of the experience. Um, uh, psilocybin, for example, is four to six hours. Um, LSD, for example, may be as long as 10 hours, uh, whereas a ketamine treatment is 30 minutes to an hour. Um, uh, but the experience of the dissociative state or non-ordinary state of consciousness mm. uh, uh, that psychedelics produce is very much similar. Um, the visual experience can be, can be different, what we call the psychedelic playground. Right. Um, has its its subtleties, yeah. um, and you know, we call it the psychedelic playground because that's exactly what it is. It's a nice place to visit, and and it's fun, but it's not a whole lot of depth to it. The depth is someplace else, um, and we find that all of the psychedelics tend to open that door um, to that that deep work. Um, some of them longer, some of them shorter. Some of them with a more visual input. Some of them with a more emotional experience. Um, I find that uh, we find that ketamine has a way of, if someone wanted to transcend something and to be in a peaceful place with something that had happened in the past, that ketamine has a way of just putting them in that peaceful place. Um, and then you have to uh, decide why you can't stay there. That's what we talk about in integration. Um, so. And I have another question too that comes up a lot. I was just thinking about this. Um, we get a lot of questions about IV versus oral versus mm -hmm. IM, mm -hmm. and maybe we could tell our viewers a little bit about the difference yep. between the three because sure. there is a lot of difference in the three. So you know, there's a lot it. of there's a lot of question, especially with ketamine on what's called route of administration. Yeah. Um, and so you can receive ketamine as an IV infusion. You can give it as a shot. Um, you can get it as a nasal spray. Um, you can take it as an oral lozenge. Um, again, it's similar to the question of the different psychedelics. So different routes of administration have different peak blood levels. Um, getting it as an ejection gives you a higher peak blood level, um, which gives you a deeper dissociative experience. Our, pre our preference is to give it as a shot um, because that gives people the highest blood level and the deepest dissociative experience um, where they have the most transformative change. Um, other methods of administration, orally, nasal spray um, work to a point. Um, I f we find that the dissociative experience is less uh, intense. And, and to be honest, we find that these are more applicable in, in paradigms that are more about maintenance, um, which is not our approach. Um, and physical pain, too. Yeah, and for physical pain, too. So our approach is more about uh, uh, getting that, that, that experience that produces that, that long-lasting change. Okay. Thanks for that question. Yeah, I think um, I'm trying to, we got a lot of questions, so, so to, that's I, it's so funny. Yeah, to, um, um, I had a question for oh, you. Okay. One of my favorite questions is, um, 
What do you love about this work? Oh, <laughs> oh, where do I start? Um, honestly, <laughs> it's um, there's a lot to it. Uh, I love all of it. I one I've I've been saying this a lot, but I think our patients, or I think any patient that is any person really that is willing to go within themselves, are pretty incredible. They're incredible humans. Um, and so for me, this is completely different work, right? These are working with people that are really wanting to make change. And, and so all of it, I, it, it, which part of it? I love all of it. I love working with patients. I love when we get new intakes. And, and I, I think one of our patients were like, you two smile a lot. And I remember him saying that. And he said, what do you know that we don't know, that I don't know? And I, and I kept thinking, yeah, your life is about, and I and I really recommend to people too to journal all of this and to journal their journeys because there's so much change that can happen when you really start looking at mindset and mindfulness and using all these incredible tools with the ketamine because the ketamine opens up different parts of us um, for creativity even. It does a lot for that as well. So I get really excited when people want to create with me and we create obviously in virtual spaces on Canvas, we create all places um, in all realities really. It's kind of my uh, <laughs> my, my jam, but um, it really is incredible. I love all, all of it. I love teaching it. And you know, I love the space that we're into. Right. I, will, I will tell you that uh, our space is pretty special to me and I will, there's just that. <laughs> so I love all of it. And I will say it has been really interesting and fun to work with my husband <laughs> on something that we had talked about 20 some years ago um, of building a place that we could do some deeper healing with people. We had both worked in very sterile environments a lot of years. So this is a whole different kind of work and we love it. I love it personally. Um, you know, for myself, I, I, you know, to wrap up, I love the I just love the opportunity to really help people. Yeah. Um, you know, I was an ER doc for 20 years, and as I say, you know, saved a lot of physical lives, or was a participant on the team that saved a lot of physical lives. Yeah. Um, and this work is just so much more rewarding because we never feel like we're just putting a Band-Aid on things. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's change at depth. People come to our come to our place and they leave changed forever. Yeah. And 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 that's the truth. And it's it's an amazing privilege and honor to be able to observe people come in broken mm. and over the course of six to eight weeks just <laughs> rebuild into something incredible. Yeah. Um, and to see that happen. Um, time and time again is is, is is pretty incredible. I do. And we're grateful every day to have an opportunity to do that work. Um, so uh, as we're grateful for the opportunity to have the chance to to share our, our insights and, and our knowledge of this uh, incredible healing paradigm, um, we thank you for your, your time and your attention today. And that's going to be our time today. We look forward to meeting with you again in the future as we discuss our exciting work at the Drake Center and the opportunities for healing, growth, transformation, and to learn everything that it takes to become a happy, whole, and well human being. Mm -hmm. Thank you, and we'll see you next okay. time.